You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare Alley, a detour from the regularly scheduled Nightmare on Film Street podcast. I'm Kim. I'm John. And today we are talking with co-writer and director Brandon Christensen about his new movie, Z, which is coming to Shudder May 7th. Yeah, uh, Brandon Christensen's first film, Stillborn, premiered on Shudder as well uh, a couple years back. It is also kind of a mother story, so you could definitely double feature the two on Shudder when when Z drops. Just in time for Mother's Day, too. Yeah, because this is totally something you want to watch with your mom. I think you should. (laughs) I think you should call your mom right now. Say hello. Check on her. I see how she's doing. Walk her through installing Zoom on her laptop. Oh, that God. way you can record her reaction <laughs> to some of the scares in this movie. As Kim mentioned, Brandon Christensen's first film, Stillborn, actually won scariest film of the festival at Overlook 2017. Uh, and we originally caught Z back at Overlook 2019, this time last year, back when... People left their houses to do things like go to film festivals yeah. or just visit family. Aw. <laughs> but we're making do. Shutters picked the movie up. You guys all get to see it, which is super amazing. I'm super pumped to see it again. And it's going to be great. But before we get into that, check out the trailer for Z. Three, two, one. One, two, three. Ready or not. Oh, my dear. A lot of children have imaginary friends, and oftentimes it's a uh, positive experience. Is there anything we can do to help be less, you know, destructive? You could try playing with them more at home. He's a good kid. You know, he's just got a really, I don't know, vivid imagination right now. Josh. Joshua, I am speaking to you. You put our son on medication and didn't tell me? Not seeing what I'm seeing, you don't understand how bad it is. You saw Z, didn't you? He's here with you, isn't he, brother? Get off the track! I never want to see you again! He saw you too. Ah! I swear, I saw something standing in the corner watching me. using your son to try to reconnect with you. I'll be right out. So, Brendan, thank you very much for joining us today on the podcast. Mm-hmm. No problem. Can, Glad uh, to be here. Yeah, th- thanks Thanks so much. Uh, congrats on the premiere of Z coming to Shudder on Mother's Day. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, per- it's a perfect time. Seems to be the thing that they, I, I, I go with Shudder and they, they always do a, a Mother's Day release and it's, it works well because I think everybody wants to scare them, like scare their mothers on, on Mother's <laughs> Day. So I think it works works perfectly. Oh, I just realized this would be the perfect movie to watch with your mom on Zoom. Oh, <laughs> yeah, for see sure. on Zoom. We should get a like, hashtag thing. going. <laughs> That's actually not a bad um, idea. <laughs> 
Do you know if uh, <laughs> do you, actually do you know if Shutter's going to be doing a watch party for it? They they seem to be doing a bunch of those lately. Yeah, I talked to them about it. They're doing um, the timing isn't great because I think Joe Bob's going on at the same time, and mm-hmm. so they're they're doing that on that same day. So I think they're they're we're talking about it. I would love to do it because I think that's such a cool thing. Um, you know, I think that whole shutter, the live channel thing is one of the coolest things that they do. So I, you know, I would definitely love to do that because I've got a lot to say about the film and it's just kind of fun to have that interaction. And the live would be so fun because Z is so filled with scares. I would love to see like mm-hmm. some live Twitter reactions. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. That, that is actually the thing I'm most looking forward to because Z has like some really great, like probably going to be some of the best scares people see this year. And I, I, I want to see that in live uh, yeah like, so like what i guess what i'm saying is it's kind of unfortunate you don't get to have a theatrical release with the movie i don't know but it's it, a bummer yeah but it is coming at a time where everybody is looking for something to watch at home so yeah i think so i mean stillborn did really well with, with shutter they had you know it was like the number it was in the top five for most reviewed films and most rewatched films and stuff so i think that this will will get a lot of eyeballs especially with the quarantine thing happening so i think hopefully we'll get a lot of tweets talking about specific moments <laughs> Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm totally expecting Shutter to send me an email saying like Z breaks all Shutter's records because every new <laughs> horror movie they keep putting out is 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 doing that and and I don't know I've seen some of the other ones they're not exactly scary so <laughs> I think you've got right. a leg up on the competition. Yeah, I mean you cool. have eyes on your <laughs> side. <laughs> so talk to us a little bit about constructing the scares for Z because you're you do a great job of timing them all so perfectly. Um, yeah, it's really tough, especially, I mean, timing a, a scare is so frame perfect that it's, and, and the hardest part is that one, you have to make it frame accurate. Like if it's, if it's, you know, the, the sound of the, the, the big musical hit is one frame off, it can totally neuter the entire scare. So it's tough when you're editing it because you see it over and over and over and you were there when you shot it. So you know what it's supposed to be, but you kind of lose that, that ability to be like, you know, to be objective about it and just step back because you know every little piece, nothing, you're not going to get scared by your own material. So you kind of rely on, you know, showing your wife or something like that and just seeing their reaction to it because it's, it is so difficult to make sure that that happens. Because I mean, it's happened in other, like in Stillborn, I had one or two that are a little bit off and it kind of ruins the whole thing and it's a bummer. Um, But uh, yeah, like, I mean, the big one that we're talking about is, uh, is obviously the banister, but um, how, I mean, it's, it's very, it's, yeah, it's, it's tough. And I mean, just as from coming at it from a creative standpoint, every time we're, I'm working on these things, cause I'm a father, I've got, you know, kids, I've got a wife and stuff like that. Very uh, suburban household living. Um, you're kind of mining those things that are like, what is the worst possible scenario? You know, what's the worst case, worst thing that can happen in this, pretty benign scenario it's like oh i've got kids playing in the playroom you know what could happen up there while i'm down here that could be terrifying or you know going back to stillborn when you're looking at a baby monitor you're just like what is the worst possible thing short of the baby you know not being there that could happen and it's like something just reaching in and grabbing it while you're watching and you're just totally defenseless Uh. (laughs) so it's it's just kind of like finding those things that scare you just the thought of them scare you as a parent because i know that when other parents watch it, they'll, they'll get it, you know, like in Z there's toys going off and it's very subtle, but I've got like my cousins, for example, they, they didn't have a kid when they saw the first cut of the film. And so they, um, they never really connected to the moment with the Z toy, but now that they've got a kid and he's like nine months, um, 
they have toys that go off randomly and they're just like, oh man, it's just like Z. And now they're connecting to the material a little bit more because they can connect as a parent because it's just, it's just kind of, you know, you're, you're hitting a certain audience that it, it can be effective for them, but um, less so than if you actually have a kid and you kind of, you know, you, you see these things. Cause I mean, to me, like one of the scariest parts, not scary, but just um, the most troubling part in the movie is when she's trying to get a play date for, for, um, uh, you know, for her son and, and everyone's just saying no and hanging up on her because, you know, they're all scared of him. And it's just like, oh man, like, as a parent, to me, that's terrifying just to be totally ostracized by, by the community around you, just because your kid is doing something that you have no control over, yeah. you know, and it just makes everybody look bad in the whole family. So you just become this, this like pariah uh, in the community and it's, you know, you have no control over it. And that's terrifying. Do you, do you ever get the, the feeling that I, I guess your wife, your kids are probably too young to notice, but do you ever get the feeling that your wife is watching you and seeing you build a horror movie out of some moment that scared you while you were at home? Um, yeah, I mean, it, she's actually a big part of it because she's been, you know, like the whole the jump, the monitor scares. Um, that was her, you know, the banister stuff. That was both of us working together because the first draft of the film, we actually wrote together. And the whole, um, you know, Z being the imaginary friend that was the mom's imaginary friend, like that was all her um cool. she she brought all that stuff to it and stuff so we we were working on it because we really wanted to do a film together but some stuff happened um you know in our family that 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 kind of pulled her away for a little bit just mm. like some uh, uh emergency stuff so it, it it kind of just pulled her away from the project but um yeah i mean z wouldn't exist without her so she's definitely been a big part of um creating things and 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 she's she's scared of everything like anxiety at a high at all times so it's, if you see her kind of you know needing her knuckles you're just like ooh, what what, what <laughs> can we down, get out of this moment like what are you what are you seeing right now it's like she's a psychic for scary movies <laughs> okay what, 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 are, what are you thinking right now okay i gotta write this down so it's, it's pretty funny to have her because she's she can definitely come up with the worst case scenarios in almost any situation so does that mean you're getting a lot of material in quarantine being uh stuck home with your kids <laughs> Huh. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely just sort of uh, you're seeing a lot of things more often in the home. I mean, you're not going to be, oh, what if a kid got hit by a car outside because you're not really outside anymore. So it's just it's definitely just sort of honing in the things that are happening at the house a lot more. You know, you're using the, the monitors in the house and you're watching the monitors. So you, you, you have those stillborn moments where you're just like, oh, man. And we have a, a nine month old now. So it's uh, a lot of the things from stillborn are kind of coming back as, as parents. So you're just like, you know, you're, you're still dealing with it, but um, I'm always looking for those things that are just pure parenting moments that you can put a little twist on for, you know, scaring an audience of, of other parents. Speaking of uh, everybody being at home right now, you are, are definitely one of the people that's keeping much busier than, than I am. And most <laughs> other people I know you, you filmed a short recently with your kids at home. I did. Yeah. It's, um, it's something that I wrote a while ago that I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to do just a series of little shorts called scaredy cats with my kids. And it, it was probably in the fall, but you know, laziness and, and everything sets in. And so I didn't do it. And then for the first like four weeks of the quarantine, I just didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, I spent a lot of time just reading the news, you know, and it's just, it's, it can kind of, it saps all your creativity and your yeah. energy because everything just seems so deflating. And so you're just like, well, why would I bother doing anything? And all my work, you know, because I do a lot of commercial work and stuff like that, everything has stopped. 
And, um, you know, I've got a script that I'm writing that I should be working on, but instead of doing that, I would just like sit and read, read about uh, everything that's going on in the world. And so eventually I was just like, let's just do it. I'll start shooting it. Um, you know, we'll just see what happens. And so I would, I broke it into four different days of shooting because my kids, they're not actors. They've never, they've never <laughs> been on camera. So it was like, you know, you you do two takes and it's not right. And they start complaining and starting to move <laughs> around and you're just like, you stop it. This is serious. So I do it right. And you're just, <laughs> and you're, so you're just like having them do it over and over and over. And by the time you got the shot, right, they're done. They're just like, Nope, I'm out. And I'm like, jet did it for 12 hours a day. <laughs> just trying to compare them to a professional actor. But, uh, um, yeah, so they, they would, we would do like a couple shots a day, three shots a day. And then eventually we got it all. And I was kind of cobbling it together as we did it. And, uh, um, yeah, it was, it was fun. And now I've, I've got about half of the next one done now. So I'm hoping to, to have that one out on like Friday or something like that. I'm but so, um, I'm it was so cool. Yes, yesterday it went up on E-Bombs World, which I, I didn't know still existed. But, uh, <laughs> wow. That's fun. Yeah. How old until uh, yeah. you're going to let them see them? Um, how old is what, sorry? How old until you're going to let them watch? Because the, the first one's really scary. <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually made the mistake of showing the older one, the Uh-oh. first one, uh, after we did it. Because I, I was doing it, you know, iterative. I would shoot a few scenes, put it in the edit. And I was shooting it in sequence. And so I had everything except for the final shot because that was the last thing we did. Because mm-hmm. I tried it a different way and it didn't work. So I kind of went back to the drawing board. But um, I showed them with this, the face. You know, they, they loved it. They loved seeing themselves. They loved, you know, all that stuff. And then when I finally had it done, I was just like, here, sorry, this is the final thing. And I muted it because I'm not a, I'm not a terrible parent. And um, I showed him it. And just the sight of his brother beside him <gasps> definitely caused some angst because he hasn't been sleeping very well since then. Oh, no. My wife's not happy about it. But, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. So, I saw it when I was six. So, I mean, he'll, he'll be fine in five or six years. It's cool that, uh, I don't know if you have any lasting memories from seeing it at six, but it's, it's kind of cool that there's going to be a horror movie that sticks with him. Hope maybe the rest of his life. That was a movie Mm -hmm. he acted in. Yeah. Like maybe you just made him a horror director. (laughs) That's what I'm, that's what I told my wife. I'm like, look, this is going to make him stronger when he's older. He's going to make horror movies like daddy. We'll see. Either that or he'll need some, you know, psychological help. (laughs) Earlier, you were talking about getting desensitized in the editing process and having to show it to somebody to get scared, which kind of sounds like exactly what you did with your kid. I'm, I was curious if you have family members that just don't pick up the phone when you call because they know you they want you want them to view something for them to see if it's scary. <laughs> no, they've all been super, super supportive. My parents are insane about watching stuff. Like, I have a Vimeo account where I'll keep updated edits of the film just if I'm sending it out to someone to get some eyes on it. But you know, they'll, they'll watch it before anybody because they'll check my Vimeo account. They're like, oh, a new cut's up. And they'll watch 90 minutes. And then they'll call me like, hey, we saw the new cut. And it had blah, blah, blah better. Like, I, I think, you know, keep it up. And, and so it's just, it's pretty funny that they're, they're that supportive. And then my brother, he's really good. I'll send him just sort of like, hey, is this jump scare working? And then send it to him as like a, just a, a small video clip. And he's good about responding to. But, you know, I've got people on my team like Colin Minahan and Kurt Harder there. They're both good at that stuff too, and and Colin's really good at separating himself from the whole experience of being there and just seeing it for what it is, and and you know in turn that's helped me get better at that as well, where I can kind of pull myself back and and see it properly. But yeah, we, we we've got a good, uh, it's a good system in place, and my family's definitely more supportive, and they're not they're they're not side eyeing me yet. 
That's good. So you've been working with with Colin Minahan and your other producer. I've, I've lost his name now. Um, Kurt Harder. There we go. Yeah. Um, you you guys have been working together for a long time, sort of like producing each other's movies. Did you? I've probably mm-hmm. asked you this before. I've just forgotten. Did you all meet in film school? Uh, no. So uh, Colin and I we met online, like through uh, a, a filmmaking forum back in. Oh man, it was probably the early two thousands. Um, that's where he met Stuart Ortiz, who he ended up. Uh, creating the vicious brothers with um and uh we we had just been sort of friendly but colin was kind of on another stratosphere of of sort of where he was in his career like we're roughly the same age but he was doing you know winning music video awards in canada um when he was like 21 you know and i was i was just like sort of fantasizing about what that might feel like and so when i actually went to film school in toronto and uh got into the music video world there because I was kind of trying to craft a path similar to his because he was doing so well. Um, and it never really worked out the way it did with him, but we always sort of kept in touch. And then um, in 2005 or 15, sorry, he, he had the Sands of Sands Red and I'd kind of been, you know, I have a small cameo in Grave, Grave Encounters 2 as a fake YouTube reviewer. <laughs> and, um, you know, so when I finally had the opportunity to jump in and actually help work on a project, which was at Sands of Sands Red, I kind of was just like, all right, screw it. I'm dropping everything. I'm just going to work for a few months with these guys. And that, you know, that ended up leading to Stillborn. And Stillborn was where I met Kurt because he's actually from Calgary, where I'm from. And Colin knew him from online, I guess. Uh, Not sure how they they met initially, but they've known each other for a long time. And so we brought Kurt into the fold to produce Stillborn. And just sort of, you know, there was a good relationship there. And we all kept sort of kept going with it and and made, I think we've made five movies now. Wow. So it's, it's been good. It's been a nice, uh, a nice, you know, close relationship that has you know benefited all of us uh, pretty much equally. I mean, Colin's sort of in Hollywood now, so maybe it's benefited him the most. <laughs> <laughs> so regarding your shorts, um, just to come back to those for a minute, is there like an overarching theme that you have for all of them? Or are they just like small little pocket ideas for scares that you haven't really been able to fit in anywhere else? Yeah, I think I like the idea of just little childhood moments of things that scare you. Like, I wish we had basements in Las Vegas so I could do something with that. But um, just little things like things that I remember, you know, having a bunk bed and just sort of the creep factor there. Um, I've got a a creepy toy that I'm shooting for this next one. Cool. But there's just different, you know, being in the garage or something like that. I feel like there's some scary stuff there. You know, the laundry machine. The, you know the washer and dryer like there's probably something there so i mean <laughs> I, I don't know how many i'm going to do i'd like to do at least three just because it's a nice number but you know i just want to kind of I, I mean the idea was not to have them be legitimately scary where it would cause people to you know not want to show their kids but that ended up happening with the <laughs> first one so i think i'm just gonna keep going that way and the kids are the kids are being nice in 30 minute chunks so i'm just going to see how long we can keep doing it because <laughs> it's fun it's fun to just get them on camera and, and you know they're surprisingly competent which is great <laughs> well it's, it's cool to have projects like especially right now yeah for sure it's been it's been fun and hopefully we can shoot finish shooting the next one the next day or so and then we'll see if it can mm-hmm. if i can get it out and make it look good cool uh so with z and and with stillborn and the shorts you've kind of done um you've stuck to like familial horror and like the horrors of parenting and stuff is that going to be a theme that you want to continue with like going forward with features um my the next thing i'm working on right now is kind of the complete opposite of this and just because i I, being in a house with you know and terrorizing you know a, a mother character is fun 
but it's also very draining and it's hard, you know, it's hard to just be in the same space and just like constantly like working on demon stuff. And, and it's very, it's just a lot more, uh, I think it's a lot more challenging than if you just have like, you know, a psychopath character, human on human violence or something like that, which is you're not dealing with makeup and if the makeup works or if it doesn't work and do I have to do visual effects on this more just like cerebral stuff. Mm-hmm. And like on Stillborn, that's my my favorite stuff, pre-Demon, where she's just struggling as a mother. I like that stuff a lot more than I like, um, you know, dealing with the, the the scares with the demon and does it work? Does it not? Is this is it, especially when you have no money and you're doing you know the designs and stuff yourself? It's just it's it's tough. So I think um, I need to. I'm probably going to take a short break from it, but um, I you know I identify with those those things, those father characters and those, these mother characters that. I can put myself and my wife into a little bit to just sort of shape the experience and make it feel a little more personal. I think, I think that's important. Um, but uh, so I, I think I'll definitely always try and do that. And I wouldn't mind going back to it after I take a little breather because it's, it's, uh, it's definitely tough to just keep, you know, keep that going, but I do need to finish my mama trauma trilogy. So mama trauma. Trauma. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what it's gotta be. I need a Walmart. Uh, three but three movie box set ASAP. That's great. Yeah, the spine art is totally jacked up and it doesn't <laughs> look good on a shelf, but it, it's fine. <laughs> so uh, regarding the design of Z, um, I, I was you kind of have like two iterations of him. There's this sketch that mm-hmm. appears before we before we see a creature later in the movie, but mm-hmm. he 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 is very creepy, but also at the same time slightly approachable. Like, I, I'm just curious where that all came from, if that was something maybe that you had doodled. Right. Yeah. Brittany Allen, the girl, she did the score of the film. She actually did that sketch while we were shooting. Um, cool. And so it was we thought we were going to redo it to try and match the makeup that we did. But we ended up keeping it and tailoring, you know, the makeup and VFX to more look like that. So it because it was such a weird and, you know, impossibly well drawn thing for a kid. But um, it just was so creepy that we just, you know, we thought, um, you know, we should lean in that direction. But yeah, I mean, it's the hardest thing. And when you don't have, you know, a group of artists that can churn out 15 designs for this demon for you that you would get in Hollywood, whereas it's like, hey, Brandon, what does the demon look like? And you're just like, oh, I don't know. Like, it's scary, I guess. (laughs) It's scary. And, And so, I mean, the biggest thing for me was just like, well, this is a thing that needs to have the ability to convince a kid that it's not evil or mean like if I'm a kid I don't want it to be scared of this thing I want to have fun with it and so it had to have this approachability factor and so we we tried to make it kind of as innocent looking as possible but um, I like the idea of it having this really wide mouth that was closed at all times as if it was like trying to hide back it these sharp fangs in its mouth that would once you're close enough, it could open up like Pennywise and eat you. Um, but it was just sort of straining itself to keep that mouth closed, to, to keep this, this thing intact, like this, this relationship with this kid. Um, so that was kind of the main thing going, going into it. It was just like giant smile, um, big eyes that are kind of glossy and, and, and look friendly enough. And it's just trying to lure you in, similar to Pennywise, how he does with the clown thing. So it's it was challenging. And then when you're looking at, you know, body types and stuff like that, it seems to be a pretty safe bet to go tall, skinny and naked. So <laughs> that, uh, you know, we, we definitely talked about costumes and going more for the Babadook, um, you know, kind of well-designed stuff, but it's just, again, it's just, 
I don't have that artistic sensibility to create something like that. We don't really have anyone on the team that is going to do that. We can't afford to pay anybody. So it's just like, no clothes, go naked, save money. <laughs> Always works. Always works. Yeah. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's, it's, it's interesting, too. Like, um, your, I was curious if there was a... Um, the Babadook's a great example. I, I, was, I was curious if there was a time where you were putting more of him in the movie because... Um, even after we get a look at what Z is, like he is still sort of invisible throughout the end mm-hmm. half of the movie. And I think it's it's so good because one, you know what he looks like and it's scary and your imagination can fill in the blanks, but it's a lot creepier right. when stuff's happening around them and, and no one's there. Right. Yeah, I think it's the Jaws thing. Like the more you show it, uh, the the less effective it is. So I think, I mean, we didn't have, we didn't cut any scenes with him in it so everything that we shot is in the film although that we did have a scene earlier in the film like a big hide and seek scene um where z kind of pops out and scares her but we actually didn't shoot half of it by accident because we we had to split the scene in half like we shot keegan's reaction in the first week and we were supposed to turn around and do the reverse but we uh, with josh and everything um with jet and and we didn't have him so we we pushed you know the other half of the scene to the, the next week and somehow it just slipped through the cracks. So we just never shot it. So when I was editing it, I was just like, okay, this is great. And I remembered shooting it because we shot one half of it, but we didn't shoot the, you know, we didn't shoot the reverse. So I just couldn't put it together. But it, I think it works in its favor because it was too early to show it. Like it was pre-play zone. At the end, we, once we've seen him, it's just, it's a situation where it's like, is it going to hold up the more you see him? Are you going to have this battle with this thing? I don't know. I mean, the more we can hide it and just sort of feel the effects of what he's doing on there their imaginations and stuff like that, I think is going to benefit us more because, I mean, it goes back to when, you know, when you're a kid and you close your eyes at a scary part because you don't want to see it. But what ultimately ends up happening is that whatever you come up with when your eyes are closed are going to be scarier than whatever they were able to achieve. It is so interesting you say that. <laughs> I'm be- like laughing over here. <laughs> because I have to force... I- we've, we've seen this movie before. We saw it at Overlook. So great. Scared the hell out of us. We're watching it a second time last night, getting ready for uh, for this interview, and Kim's still covering her eyes. 
She's a 30-year-old independent okay. woman. No. <laughs> but <laughs> credit to you though, it's actually genuinely terrifying. Like there was one moment that I um the banister moment. I literally uh-huh. threw my phone and I knew it was coming. I threw my phone. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, and it, she's you're you're big into horror too, Kim. You gotta you gotta horror. you gotta get tougher about this. <laughs> but I think as long as you keep that that ability to be scared, you'll enjoy it more. Because once you get desensitized and you're kind of like, oh well, that wasn't scary. It kind of makes you jaded. So it's fun to be able to lose yourself in it. Because the worst thing, like I've been to so many festivals where I sit in the audience and I, I listen. And, and there's times where and I, it's happened with like when I saw it on opening night, uh, the first chapter. Um, I was sitting beside people that instead of allowing themselves to, you know, to envelop themselves in the story and just like lose themselves in the scares, they poke fun at character actions. You know, they're just like, oh, that's dumb. And and what they're doing is trying to make themselves appear stronger because they don't want to allow themselves to look weak. So they just try and, you know, puff up their chest and go, oh, I'm, I won't get scared because they're afraid of being vulnerable. And I think as long as you can remain vulnerable, horror is such a great genre to follow because it's just, it's, you know, maybe a great comedy, but nothing else elicits that kind of a a response from you outside of, you know, being a, a good scare. Yeah, that's a great point. That's like the whole point of horror is like controlled vulnerability. Like for two hours, you give yourself over to this movie to like, almost like practice terror. Yeah, it doesn't. It definitely totally. does not make you a tougher person to say, "Oh, this doesn't scare me." Because, oh, this is nothing. <laughs> because yeah, all, the, all you're doing, like like you were saying, all all you're doing is stopping the movie, uh, stopping yourself from being able to fall into that story. Which yeah, is exactly, and you're exactly watching a horror movie that's going. I mean, horror films in general have a style that they're trying. You know, they're trying to scare you. They're trying to use tricks that have been used for decades. So it's like the moment you pull yourself back and you go, "Well, that's stupid." Um, you've already, you know, you're, you're detaching yourself from what could be a pretty fun experience for yourself. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and every time I see Kim cover her eyes, at the very least, like it, it there's bu- a little bit of jealousy there. Well, yeah, there's <laughs> there's definitely a little bit of jealousy there. Like, it's like I'm definitely not a jaded horror fan. I know this definitely scares me too. But like, be with me, be scared. Like, I, I want you. Right, I am scared. Sure. That's why my eyes are closed. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, both of them are not wrong. It's just it's nice when you can get that response. I mean, I would pre- I would prefer as a filmmaker to get Ken's response, but you know, as long as as John's still you know, feeling it, then I'm happy to. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm scared, but big smile ear to ear, like the whole time. I love <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that's good. Because and that's the biggest thing is that it isn't supposed to. I mean, unless you're Ari Aster, it's not supposed to leave you feeling like crap. You know, you're, you're supposed to come out of it and be happy and be like, oh, that was like a roller coaster. It's a thrill ride, you know. So it's, it's, it should be fun and it should be exciting and it should be, and, and if you can get a little story in there that, you know, can make you feel something, I think it's even better. And I, th- I think you get all of that with Keegan's performance. She's so good in this movie. Um, you know, like yeah. we're with her entirely. She's, she's afraid, but she doesn't know why. And then she's maybe scared of her own son. Uh, and it, it keeps going from there. There's a lot for her to be afraid of, unfortunately. Uh, when, when did she yeah, come on think- the project? She came on pretty late uh, casting us was really challenging just because we're such a low budget film and we were in Canada. So we, we, we had to use Canadian actors and that was the same thing on stillborn just because our budget level couldn't bring in uh, us actors. So um, we were just trying to find someone that could do it. And, and it's really challenging because it, it's a, it's a tough role. I mean, people would look at it and they would just say no, because um, especially that third act, like you lose yourself into this weird situation where you're going to be pretty, uh, you know, you're, you're not going to be pretty. You're going to be, you're going to be pretty ugly 
in the film. You're going to be run down and beat up and you're, you're going to be kind of fighting with very little strength. And I think, I think Keegan, uh, you know, she, she liked that challenge. She liked the idea of going deep with this character and she's a mother. And so I think she understood a lot of the vulnerable vulnerabilities there, but, um, she came on probably two weeks before the end and wow. she, you know, she just went in all a hundred percent, which was, which was awesome. And I mean, you know, and the one thing that you want out of a film when you're doing like this, cause you know, we're working together so intimately, she's in virtually every scene. So it's, you've got to have that relationship. And, uh, you know, we had that and it was such a great experience because to this day, we're still great friends. Um, and that, and that's, and that's awesome. Cause yeah, she did, she did such a great job and it was so much fun working with her. And we were able to push the, the last act to the last week of the shoot because she was alone. And so she, she got to sort of get out all the normal stuff first and then really kind of lose herself into this chaos that happens at the end, which was a lot of fun. But I mean, the biggest thing was always just like Keegan, don't be afraid to be ugly. You know, like <laughs> you gotta just sort of, you gotta be nasty in parts. You gotta be, you know, we, we want to, we'll, we'll feel the performance the, the more that you, you kind of lose yourself into this, you know, horrifying situation. So um, that's kind of, that's a big thing because glamour horror is, it's, you know, when you have the, the pretty teens and stuff like that, I don't think you get as invested what, instead of like a character where they're just broken and totally destroyed. And that's why I think uh, Tony Collette's performance in Hereditary is so good because she's just, you know, it's devastating to watch her because you can tell she's going through so much as an actor and as a mother. So it's just like, oh man this is insane and that that was kind of the thing we wanted to get out of keegan was just taking someone that's put together and just destroying them yeah like you really you really get that in the third act of the movie it, like even when, yeah. even when she's she has to do her makeup at one point like she wears the psychology of her character on her face in that uh-huh and, and through the whole thing she did it with a big smile so it was you know that was the best thing it's just you know we put her through hell but she accepted it and she reveled in it and it was you know, came out the other end, you know, I think she's pleased with her performance. Everybody's pleased with her performance, but she didn't, uh, you know, she never complained. It was great. I, this is just a small question. I was just thinking back about the toy. Uh, Which toy? Like the speaking, uh -huh. the speaking okay. spell toy you have. I mean, there are plenty of scary toys. I, my, my favorite toy is the train, I have to say. I love the train scare. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but uh, is, 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 what am I trying to say? Is it harder to make a speak and spell say what you want it to say than I think it is? Like, is, <laughs> is that like a really hard thing um, to do? No, what we had, I mean, all the sound was done in post. So we had a little remote that we could control the Z button on it. Oh. Like it would light up just the Z. And then we also had it pre-programmed uh, by uh, one of the, the production designer's friend who does, I, I guess he does that, but he programmed it to spell out Imagine Z on repeat. Nice. So there's a, like, there was a switch on the back that it would just cycle through those letters and everything would have to be retimed in post, but we could control the Z with um, the remote or we could turn on the thing so it could repeat itself. But yeah, I mean, it, finding the jingle and stuff like that, I, it's funny, the jingle itself, I was, whenever, when I was trying to come up with it and I did it in GarageBand, the movie, what was it? The Lost World, the Jurassic Park 2. Mm. Um, there's, or no, it was three, sorry, Jurassic Park 3. There was that cell phone that had that, that jingle, that like ringtone that when you hear it you, and you know that the Tyrannosaurus Rex is close or whatever, because you can hear it and you know that it's eaten it. Um, oh, it was right. such a great effect because they kept playing that jingle or that cell phone ringtone and you, you know it and it's creepy. And then it comes back later and you're just like, oh, the, 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 the dinosaur's close. <laughs> and that was the inspiration for that jingle. It's just like, it needs to be something that you can identify. So when you hear it later, it's 
it, it brings on a new creepier uh, feeling with it. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a ton of fun. And that was something that, you know, my wife and I talked about forever with just toys going off and toys coming to life. It's such a, a creepy thing when you're just like middle of the night and some toy starts singing. It's like, Oh God, stop. Yeah. And it's also a great proxy too, for when you don't want to show Z as much. I mean, Z is very uh-huh. present and he's present through these creepy ass toys. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And it's funny that you brought up the trains cause there's, there's an absurd amount of trains in this film. Like, uh, you know, there, he's playing with trains at the beginning. There's train, his bed sheets are, or everything's trains. There's trains in the room. He's got train toys. When they're watching the cartoons at the parents' house, it's about a train and stuff. And it's it, there's a lot of train stuff, just because obviously what happens at the end. But uh, um, we definitely wanted to lean hard into the fact that train, train, train. You know, make your brain think of trains, just so when that train happens, it's not maybe psychologically as surprising that mm. it's there. And I don't know, is it there? I don't know. I th- it could I, maybe not be there. I, I actually really did appreciate all the train stuff uh, watching it a second time because, like, I can see the foundation that you're laying at the beginning of the movie and then there's like i think it's the only drone shot that you have and it shows oh there's a train by this house and your villain <laughs> your villain uses a train the way a kid would and like if, if a kid put right. on an evil mustache like i'm the bad guy now like that's right. how that's how z uses the train mm-hmm. i thought it was really cool right yeah it's Is, definitely intentional uh are there any uh are there any things about like kids toys and whatnot that have happened at home that you haven't figured out how to put into a horror movie yet but you know it's super scary like i'm not saying like you're, um, you're scared of the kid falling down the stairs or something i mean something benign about like toys going off in the middle of the night or something like that i don't know i mean toys going off in the middle of the night is kind of a baffling thing that happens constantly even to this day like we you know, we'll have to pull batteries out because just for no reason, it'll just start going off. So I think, I mean, that's definitely the major one. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, everything kids related is creepier when you kind of view it in a different, you know, the lens of horror, the lens of just being darker. So I think, um, I mean, you know, that's why it's always in horror films. It's always kids stuff that's so creepy, clowns, nurseries, things like that. It's just juxtaposing what you expect, which should be cute and lovable. And then all of a sudden you go, well, what if this? And it's kind of why like Toy Story, well, it's kind of like if Toy Story was a horror movie, like a Puppet Masters type thing, it's a lot scarier than it is when you have, you know, Tom Hanks being lovable. So it's, it's, it's funny. I mean, just, you just take the childhood thing and you flip it on its head and it seems, it seems to be creepy because everyone, not everyone, but most people have these memories of toys and things and they're those base fears that they have of, you know, being scared of the dark and stuff like that. So it's, it's it's definitely just finding the innocence and just trying to turn it upside down so that you can remember it from your own childhood, but in a darker way that you may have thought of it as when you were younger. You know, it's kind of tapping into that that instinct that you had when you were, you know, maybe a kid. And you do a really good job of, of pairing those innocent fears with very adult fears in this movie also. Like, like obviously stillborn, a lot of adult fears. And in Z, you, you, you handle them both in a way that you don't have to sacrifice one for the other. Like, especially in that third act, like that's really where it all collides. Because this movie, this movie deals a lot with grief in, in a way that mm-hmm. I did, really didn't expect when we were first sitting down to watch it. And you see that a lot in, right. in Keegan, especially given that the third act, you know, where the third act takes place. And the relationship with her sister, too, like really, really enjoy their relationship yeah. regarding their mother in this movie. Right. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's that's kind of the big thing that I wanted to get was a good relationship with her sister because 
obviously something happened when they were a kid that kind of fractured them as a family unit. Um, and I think that's really sad when you, when you don't really have a closeness with your, your sibling or your mother and stuff, especially when you have dealt with a tragedy together, because, um, you know, like I, we, before we shot the film, my wife and I had a tragedy and we, you know, it's, you can go either two ways and we kind of, we were able to navigate it after some time, but, um, it's definitely something where it's just like it's another part of it where you know when I'm talking about the kid not being able to make friends and stuff it's it's those real things where it's not supernatural it's just how you know how life sometimes works for people and it's unfair and it sucks and and being able to show that in a way that's not manipulative and just sort of you know we're not spending a ton of time on that because it is kind of a subplot of of her past and everything it's just her past is a way of getting her to remember her, you know, how, how she grew up and what happened, which is something that she's, she's blocked from memory because it's probably not a happy memory. And, and just taking that and exploiting it a little bit and just, just to move the narrative forward. But I, you know, it, it's, it's hard because anytime you've got those kind of, you know, I think grief is, it's easy to do. You see it in TV a lot where someone's like, oh, a kid died, boom, everybody's sad because it is very easy. So you want to, you want to keep true to what's going on in the film and, and your characters without just kind of being exploitive of, of them as characters. Cause it is very easy to just to be like, Oh, you know, my character's sad now because X, Y, Z happened. Um, and so, and, and it does happen a lot. And sometimes it's great, like hereditary and midsummer. I think they did it incredibly well. Um, you know, the opening of midsummer and, and, and hereditary with what happens at the end of the first act. Um, those are just like the most devastating things that you'll see in movies. And it's so effective because how it's done, but it's not exploit, you know, it's, it's for a purpose for the story mm-hmm. and it's, it's for, you know, just the, the way it's executed and the, the performances by the actors is just so heartbreaking to yeah, watch. So raw. Yeah. It's just, you know, you're just stripping these characters of everything they thought they knew and everything you as an audience knows and just sort of going, like okay now what and it's just it's really tough and so having having the ability to do that a little bit was really nice in this film because you know it's just a balancing act I think of trying to do it properly and not just sort of manipulate a little bit yeah and you you handle it really well I can't wait for people to see this movie it scared the hell out of me and Kim (laughs) and we don't have kids so I think you've got a pretty good uh, pretty good cover. I think you're going to be able to scare everybody right. with it. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, everybody's reactions online. Before before we let you go, though, uh, one question that mm-hmm. we like to ask pretty well everybody we meet. Uh, what's your dream double feature uh, at the drive-in? Dream double feature? Oh, man. Um, that's tough. Um, it's fun to watch something scary at the drive-in because you're around a bunch of strangers and their own things and there's you can't see them like you can in a regular theater. So it's, I think horror is definitely the way to go. But I have so many good memories with drive-in theaters with, you know, just Hollywood films that it's it's hard to separate myself from that. So, I mean, seeing something... God, this is terrible. Edit all this out. Um, <laughs> I can't even use the excuse that I'm driving through a tunnel to lose this. Um, there aren't, I'm, not, I'm not allowed outside. <laughs> no one's going anywhere uh, anymore, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's just do, like, the first Halloween... You know, I do Halloween one and then the reboot because it was a cool follow up. Let's just do that. That's fun. That is a really was, cool idea. The first, the first Halloween is great and it holds up. And then the second, you know, the, the reboot was it was really good. I thought um, it was a cool way to take that and ignore the rest of the movies made. So, 
we'll do that just because it's totally different styles of horror, but using the same characters. I think that's fun. That's a great, and Sorry, on the marquee, you could even just say like the only two Halloween movies that exist. Like they're the <laughs> only two. Halloween. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Times two. Right. Oh yeah. Halloween yeah. and Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. So, thank you again <laughs> for taking the time got, to talk guys. to us. Oh, no, the, the, that's great. That's an awesome. I guarantee you pack the house if you're playing those two movies at the drive-in. It's true. You get like the classic yeah. horror lovers and then the young people who want to see the new one. Yeah. Right. All those or you'll just, social distancing <laughs> will keep it a pretty thin crowd. Yeah. Well, I, honestly, like if, if we can figure out how to negotiate the bathroom situation at drive-ins, they're going to be the only movie uh-huh. theaters open this summer. It's true. I know. It's too bad. We've got a great one here in Vegas, but it's closed right now. Oh, that's sad. Ours are still closed, and I'm, like, stalking their Facebook page. I'm like, I know you guys are going to open before this is over. I know it. (laughs) Right. Seems like a no-brainer. It is fun. But either way, thank you very much for taking the time to talk with us. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you guys reaching out. Yeah, it's a blast, and we can't wait to see the movie on Shudder. Yes, Z will be on Shudder on May 7th. Tune in. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I was I was actually under the impression that it was coming on the Sunday, May 10th. Oh, is that when Mother's Day? Oh, I guess that's when Mother's Day is. Yeah, I think they're releasing it. Just they do Thursday releases, I guess. Okay, that makes sense. But unless something changes, it's May 7th. It also sounds great to say Mother's Day. True. Yeah, for right. sure. It's Mother's Day weekend. Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ruin this for me, guys. <laughs> it appears you made it out alive. But we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends.